Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. And now here's your host, Eric Danner. Welcome to the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner, and our special guest host this week, celebrity, Michael Navarrete. <laughs> Michael, welcome back to the show. Yep, glad to be back We're for, for round two. Hopefully I can't mess it up this time, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll keep my slate clean. And as, as we say in, in the business uh, tease for next week, uh, we should have our, our permanent uh, guest, our permanent co-host next week. Right, so. yeah, looking forward to that, and Maybe get get this uh, rotating celebrity guest out of here and, and get somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, anyway. as I mentioned to Chris next week, now you'll become friend of the show. Yes. Yeah, there you go. I can <laughs> I can be a, a, a temporary guest uh, for one segment or something in the future. But, yeah. <laughs> so let's start off with football, uh, the big game that we had been looking forward to for uh, almost a year, it seems like, the Battle of the Piney Woods. When the announcement was made that the four schools from Texas were joining the Western Athletic Conference, those four schools being Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin, Lamar, and Abilene Christian, we did the announcement at NRG Stadium in Houston, and it was back in January. But the reason for that is because, or part of it anyway, was the Battle of the Piney Woods. That's where they play it uh, for the last 10, 11 years now. And this game lived up to the billing, Sam Houston winning 21-20. to yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think at Football Media Day, I couldn't stop hearing things about Battle of the Piney Woods as well. And uh, so I, I went to New Mexico State University, and we have a big I-10, Battle of I-10. And so I, I love rivalries, and I was wondering what this was going to be like. And, yeah, like you said, it lived up to all the hype and then some. Uh, came down to the last few few minutes of the game and really some big plays made. And, uh, yeah, Sam Houston to come away with the win with with a backup quarterback. That was huge for them. I was talking with Ron Lockery, our, our deputy commissioner, last week who went to the game, and I was saying how fun it is because uh, the way the WAC's been, you know, since I joined the league uh, four or five years ago, we don't have those those rivalry. I mean, there's some rivalries, but they don't go back to 1925 yes. per se, like Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin. So really fun to be a part of that rivalry. and. The, the big uh, shocker to me when I was watching the game, of course, we had Casey Keeler, the Sam Houston head coach, on last week uh, on the podcast. Uh, he had an opportunity to give me a scoop that he didn't, that Eric Schmidt was not going to play yeah. and that Keegan Shoemaker was going to be the starting quarterback. They're also without Seth Morgan, their outstanding kicker, who was also our, our WAC special teams player of the week last week, did not play either. And, and Shoemaker comes in in a tough spot. Uh, Stephen F., they really uh, jumped out early, but left the door open enough that, that Sam Houston made some unbelievable plays on a fourth and eight in particular yeah. uh, for a touchdown that really uh, lifted them to that to win and, and that trophy with the uh, pistols on it. Looks like a uh, New Mexico State tr- <laughs> type of trophy right. uh, for gonna, the Battle of the Piney Woods. Right. I was going to mention, I think it's the most Texas trophy you could possibly find. <laughs> it's just a tombstone <laughs> with guns on it. Like it, it doesn't get much more Texan than that. But yeah, no Eric Schmidt. Enter Keegan Shoemaker. He's a Patriot League Rookie of the Year last year. So he's, he's no, he, he's not unfamiliar with the spotlight right he, he knows what he's doing he started 11 games for Lafayette College last year uh, and he he looked the part I think he came in and he threw for over 200 yards had two touchdowns had led him on that big big drive and, and I think that was the most important drive of the game by far was the 97 yarder that they went on to cut it to six points 
because uh, without that, you don't get the opportunity to go down and score again and, and take the lead. Um, but yeah, that that play too. I think it was the was that the whack play of the week this week. Oh, uh, the whack play of the week was actually the fourth down play from uh, Shoemaker to Ife Adei. Right. Uh, that made it twenty to fourteen. Right. That and was then to the, cap the, off the ninety-seven yard to drive. To cap off the ninety-seven yard right. drive, and then. Uh, as far as the the play that wound up being the catalyst for the for the win, uh, Coach uh, Casey Keeler puts in a different quarterback for that play and, and ran kind of a wildcat right. kind of a play. Yeah, and then I mean, yeah, to to get that done, I mean that was just huge. And, and you're talking about Coach Keeler to go for two, which I, I guess that's the analytics play, right? After after scoring that touchdown to go down twelve to twenty. You go for two there, then you as long as you get one two-point conversion, you're good. So that was huge. And then they come down, and, and defense made some huge, huge stops. Uh, Ezard makes some big, big catches. And, yeah, to come in and, and, and steal a win from, from SFA, I think that was just – it was, it was really big for them. Well, the other part of that, too, is, as we mentioned, Seth Morgan was out. So they missed a, an extra point in the first That's half, right. and that was Cameron Hearn. They put in uh, Christian Pavone, a freshman kicker, to uh, kick that extra point to make it 21-20. to 20. Talk about a pressure-packed situation. And in uh, an NFL stadium, no right. less, too. Right. I mean, obviously, you got the bigger crowd than normal, but also kicking in that – you know, in a dome and a place that the Super Bowl has been played, right? Uh, that has to add to the pressure as well, right? You got a, a nine-game win streak on the line yep. as well. No game, last number one year. team in the nation, right? Number one team in the nation. You, you, yeah, just a slight <laughs> bit of pressure for a freshman to come in, and and he he, he made the kick. And Jahari Kay, who we got to meet at, at WAC football preview a few months ago, now he he was outstanding on the day. He was. Uh, he he had a big strip sack uh, towards the end of the game, which actually, yeah, Stephen F. was able to recover. But he he showed why he was the preseason defensive player of the year and the and the Southland defensive player of the year last year. Yeah, absolutely. Eight tackles. He had the force fumble, like you said. And I, you look at him, and there's really nowhere that he can't line up on the defensive side of the ball. Like it, uh, as far as on the line, he can line up outside, line up inside. He can overpower you, run past you. He does it all. And and yeah, he made some really big plays for them when they needed it the most. And the Lumberjacks defense, uh, one of the things Coach Keeler said heading into that game is, is how aggressive that defense is. And they really proved a, a, a liken them to a Buddy Ryan defense, yeah. uh, the, the old 46 Chicago Bears defense. But they were very aggressive. And, I mean, hats off to SFA. I mean, those that they – they had uh, some chances to win there. Uh, they missed a field goal towards the end that was over 50 yards. Mm-hmm. Had plenty of leg on it, too. Yeah. Uh, Chris Campos was the kicker on that. Uh, just went wide right. Also, Max Quick, their punter, is our special teams player of the week. Had a 74-yard punt. Yeah, that thing just uh, kept during, rolling, right? <laughs> I, I was hoping uh, Pat McAfee would pick up on that <laughs> one, but I, I didn't see if he did. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't punt the ball much further than that. Uh, I mean, and, and a puncher can absolutely be a weapon. You see the Bamas of the world out there going after the best punters in the nation they, because you get, you put a team back into their, their own end zone, they shadow their own end zone. It's, it's tough. And so, yeah, they, their defense, their punter, they, they really made it tough on Sam Houston in the first half. Um, Shoemaker was having a tough time getting his, his footing early on, and, mm-hmm. and I think uh, that played into having a close game at the end. And Sam Houston will be at home this week. That's a 2 o'clock kickoff central time against Lamar, so they'll be back 
at uh, in the in the friendly confines in Huntsville, Texas. Well, Stephen F., uh, they are now ranked number 23 in one of the polls. They will be traveling to Jacksonville State. And uh, you might remember the Gamecocks defeated Florida State earlier this year. They're also a top 25 team. So uh, no no week off for the Lumberjacks. Yeah, no, no kidding. And Jacksonville State, it's their homecoming game as well. So they're, they're going to be... They're going to be hyped up for that one. Stephen F. Austin, man, you, you look at them, and they could realistically be f- undefeated. I, they they lost a couple of really, really yeah, close Yeah, Texas teams. Tech. Yeah, and so I think they're, they're going to be ready for that one too, and I, it's a really big opportunity for them uh, to, to, yeah, steal a win from there. Eastern Kentucky defeated Tarleton 20-3, to and now the Colonels uh, play another uh, whack team in Abilene Christian. That's going to be a 6 o'clock kickoff. Eastern time, and uh, I'm going to talk with head coach uh, Adam Dorrell from uh, ACU in our next segment. But uh, ACU had a tough loss to Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas the week before played Sam Houston, and that was in Conway, Arkansas. They come to Abilene. The Wildcats jumped out. It was 14 to nothing. It was 21 to seven. But uh, Central Arkansas came storming back and won that one, 42 to 21. Yeah, it, it's difficult to win a game when you give up 543 yards of, of offense on the other side. So, uh, yeah, I think Central Arkansas was out for some revenge, some uh, whack revenge, and and they pulled it off. And uh, but yeah, this week they they get another whack opponent, and and I think uh, who is that they're they're going against again? No, they're playing ACU. ACU, that's yep. right. Okay, so ACU and ACU. Oh, I'm sorry, Central Arkansas, I don't know who they're playing, but ACU's playing Eastern Kentucky. I'm sorry, yes, yep. Eastern Kentucky, that's right. Okay, so Eastern Kentucky, they got ACU. ACU's going to be looking to to put something together. Eastern Kentucky's uh, they have a two-game win streak that they're riding, so Abilene Christian's going to be looking to, to steal a win from them. Stone Earl looks looks the part, um, and 4-2 and two looks a lot, lot, lot better than 3-3, three and three, so yeah. they're, they're really, really hoping they can get a win there. And then uh, Dixie State, uh, their gauntlet continues. Uh, with all these top-ranked teams, uh, had to play at South Dakota State, number three-ranked team in the country last week, losing 55-7. to And that one doesn't get any easier this week as they now go to Montana, who lost a, uh, a game on ESPN2 against Eastern Washington on the red field uh, on the on a last-second play. So the Grizzlies uh, will, will also be looking for uh, revenge, maybe not against a WAC team, but just after uh, falling last week. Right. Yeah, I know. For for Dixie State to be playing their third straight game against a top ten opponent, that's that's tough on them. Um, and Montana's defense is really really strong. Their offense is strong. They hold teams to under fourteen points a game, and they score over thirty points a game. So Dixie State has a tall task, but uh, they're 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 gonna need some big plays from some big guys, and hopefully they can steal one. Well, speaking of tall, uh, moving on to volleyball, some tall players. Uh, we are now uh, knee-deep into conference play and starting to see some separation a little bit in the divisions, and that's something new this year, Michael, is the West Division, the Southwest Division, the West primarily made up of teams, uh, if you will, in the old whack and, and the Southwest uh, kind of in the, in the new whack, and then you throw in Tarleton and uh, UTRGV, and right now, uh, you have Stephen F. Austin in the Southwest Division starting off at a, with a three and zero record. They're twelve and three overall, and Sam Houston at two and zero. Uh, and those two teams, I believe, are, are matching up this week. Yep. Yes, on Friday. Yeah, on Friday. On Friday. So I mean, yeah, both those teams have really looked good. They they have really really strong offenses, and so it, it's going to be a tight tight match. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that one go five. Uh, Grand Canyon is also another undefeated squad. That's the lone remaining squad other than Stephen F. Austin and Sam Houston. 
uh, and th- they got back on track uh, with a pair of sweeps over California Baptist and Seattle U after after they kind of stumbled. Uh, yeah, so they they're actually at three oh, and they, one. They did. They dropped. Oh, I guess they State. they lost that That's first right. match. Yeah, it was a, a shocker to Dixie State, mm-hmm. uh, getting swept by the Trailblazers. Uh, not to say that uh, Dixie State you know doesn't have a very good team. It was right. just uh, GCU coming in with uh, a red hot uh, record and only lost one match on the year. Right. So GCU New Mexico State. Uh, also dropping their first match of the year, and that was against CBU. They were up 2-0. CBU comes storming back. Yeah, the match was in Las Cruces, and, and the Lancers moved to 2-1 on the year. Right. Yeah, that snaps a 14-straight whack-home match win streak for the Aggies, too. So huge win for California Baptist, arguably the biggest win in their program history. So um, big win for Coach Higa and his squad. It, it'll be interesting to see. We're, we're expanding to eight teams in the uh, WAC Volleyball Tournament this year. Uh, CBU not eligible, Tarleton not eligible, Dixie State not eligible as they mm-hmm. continue transitioning from uh, D2 to D1. But uh, it'll be very interesting to see who who those eight teams will be as we get closer to Las Cruces. Right, yeah. No, I think, I can think coming down the stretch we're going to see some really, really, really important matches that – are going to swing things either way, either one way or the other for for teams uh, right on that bubble. Um, like you said, you'll see some separation at the top, I think, but there's going to be a lot of teams in the middle of the pack that are going to be fighting for those six, seven, eight spots. So men's soccer, it's a little different maybe than the rest of the sports as we have a number of affiliate schools, including Air Force, UNLV, Incarnate Word, and Houston Baptist, and, and San Jose State as well. Uh, right now, Grand Canyon uh, remaining on top. They're 3-0 and in the WAC. They are 8-1 and overall and ranked in the top 25, uh, checking in at number 20 right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you see those four teams atop the table. They're all undefeated. Grand Canyon, Utah Valley, UTRGV, and Air Force. Uh, those seem to be the strongest teams so far. You're going to get some really, really good matchups this week. Uh, Utah Valley and UTRGV have a tough, tough slate of games ahead of them. Uh, Utah Valley's got San Jose State and Seattle U at home. And then UTRGV is going to travel to Air Force and Grand Canyon. So uh, UTRGV's schedule is going to be a, a tough one this week. And so they'll, they'll look to get some wins. But Yeah, the Vaqueros right now 2-0 in the, in the WAC. Air Force always tough uh, at 3-0. and And, yeah, they'll be down the street from uh, where we do the broadcast here in Denver. They'll be at uh, the United States Air Force Academy uh, just outside of Colorado Springs. So that'll be uh, one to watch as well. Our uh, Ticket Smarter Players of the Week, uh, speaking of the Falcons, Tristan Traeger picking up the Offensive Player of the Week. He led the Falcons to a pair of road wins, uh, getting three goals and an assist. And San Jose State's David Sweeney is the Defensive Player of the Week. He is a junior goalkeeper uh, leading the Spartans to a couple of shutout victories at Dixie and UNLV. And I believe that that's uh, the same goalkeeper we had talked a little bit, uh, Chris Thompson and I, uh, last week about the GCU goalkeeper uh, going down with an injury. Uh, the San Jose State goalkeeper, I believe, has, has the soft helmet uh, from one of the earlier matches I was, I was watching. And that tends to be a trend in uh, men's soccer in particular, as you, you know, you could get that head injury as a, uh, as a goalkeeper when you come in contact with somebody coming at you full force. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people, it's kind of like basketball. People don't really view soccer as necessarily a contact sport. Uh, but there's a lot of contact in the box there, especially at, from the goalie's perspective. You're flying the opposite direction that everyone else is coming, uh, and so yeah, you see those you see those headgear uh, pretty often now. Women's soccer, we're going to have the championships at Abilene Christian this year, and right now the Wildcats starting off at two and zero in the Southwest Division, as is Stephen F. Austin. The Lumberjacks were picked to win the Southwest 
division this year. And Abilene will be at uh, Sam Houston and at Stephen F. Austin uh, on Friday. So that's uh, uh, one to circle if you're looking for a good uh, whack women's soccer matchup this week. Definitely. I think Friday and Saturday we get the top two teams on Friday in the, from the Southwest Division, and then we get the top two teams from the West Division on Saturday in New Mexico State and Grand Canyon. So it, it doesn't get much better than that competitive-wise for, for, for women's soccer. Uh, yeah, and then you also have Utah Valley, a rematch of last year's championship match with Utah Valley visiting Seattle U. So Seattle U, they've struggled out the gate a little <laughs> the, bit. The Red Hawks, kind of... Uh, feel bad for him a little bit they had two really tough games or matches this past week going to new mexico state the aggies uh, winning it, it was one zero uh seattle u gets the equalizer what about 85 minutes. five minutes yeah. and then the aggies get the the winner in the 90th minute uh to win two to one so that's off to the aggies what what a great match they played and then seattle u gets to go play grand canyon who is red hot this year that goes to overtime is scoreless in uh, in regulation, and then that match goes to overtime. And Marlene Shimmer, talk about red hot players, scores the the match winner there in OT. She also had three goals in the uh, prior match, and I think that was in 15 minutes, first 15 minutes yeah. of action. Yeah, she looks unstoppable. And a transfer into Grand Canyon. She's been there for two years now. She's starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with the offense and the players around her. And, uh, yeah, she's just letting her talent shine now. Yeah, they beat California Baptist 6-1. to one. And uh, CBU, I mean, uh, uh, their first few years in the WAC have been uh, been pretty salty. They've, they've come up with some big wins. I think they actually gave Seattle U their third uh, loss uh, the week before. Yeah. So yep. to see them score six goals against a team the uh, caliber of CBU, that tells you something. Our uh, defensive player of the week from New Mexico State, McKenna Galchak. Yep, yeah, she had nine saves. She got a shutout. She got the big win, like you said, over CBU. Uh, so she recorded two wins on the week. And it, for New Mexico State, they're really a program on the rise. Uh, you talk about three or four years ago, they were struggling to win a, a, a game a season, you know, and, and now they're competing for the top spot in, in, in the table. And so uh, she gets a clean sheet against CBU, and then, like I said, she gets another uh, big, big win over Seattle U on Friday in that thriller. So, um, yeah, it, really good performance from her and we really saw that uh, last year michael at the WAC tournament where new mexico state advanced into the uh, semifinals last year you could see this was a a program on the rise and grand canyon of course coach chris sissel at his 400th victory uh, a week or two ago is you know one of the great coaches in the league and they're you know 10 2 and 1 overall i i, I would imagine uh, they might be knocking on the door maybe to get in the top 25 here right, yeah. if this keeps up. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think if they keep uh, doing what they're doing, scoring a lot of goals and, and their defense stays strong, I think they, they'll get some votes for sure. So New Mexico State playing at Grand Canyon. That's uh, 8 o'clock uh, time uh, mountain time for that. I, I have to double check. I always get confused. I know it's that with weird the time, time of the year for, for <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah, I'm not sure. Actually, I think Phoenix hasn't figured out the rest of us. That's a good point. Yeah, should we're fall around along. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to change the time twice a year. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another show though. That's another thought. That's yeah, that, uh, we need another hour for that one. <laughs> uh, well, Michael, thanks again for for joining us. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk with Adam Doral, the head coach. For Abilene Christian Football, you're listening to the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. 
For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to WAC Football Friday. We're now joined by the head coach of Abilene Christian, Adam Doral. Coach Doral, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Coach, I appreciate you doing this. A little technical issues here in the uh, in the office, so we're doing this uh, via phone, which is pretty amazing, I guess, when you think of it, that we can still do this. But, uh, again, appreciate you hanging with us here. Uh, coach, season, we're, we're almost at the midway point here. You guys are three and two. Can you kind of give me an assessment of your team so far this year? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, we, we really like our team. Um, you know, I've been very proud of them. I think it's a, it's a group of guys that work really hard each and every day. We've had uh, what I would term very few um, bad days or mediocre days. And, you know, I think that's a sign of good internal leadership on our football program. I think we're uh, fairly tough. I think we're a very blue-collar football team. Um, you know, I think we're very selfless right now. You know, we got a lot of guys playing at a lot of different positions. Um, you know, we're playing two quarterbacks and, and, you know, as you know, if you're going to do that, you got to have guys that are really bought into what you're doing and, and really believe in the big picture and, and, and see it as a, Hey, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to help us win football games. So from that aspect, man, it, it just feels really good. It's a good group to coach. We're really enjoying going to practice every day and, our coaching staff's the same way. And it's just a really good group to be around, a lot of positive energy. So we're having a ball, uh, to be real honest with you. Um, you know, I think some of the things we're doing good, I think we're running the football really well right now in, in a lot of different ways. Um, I think we've got a young freshman quarterback that's, you know, getting better uh, each and every week and, and continues to grow. And, you know, uh, got a junior behind him that's coming in and contributing as well right now. And offensive line, I think, is probably – not probably it is. We've seen our most growth uh, in our entire football team on the offensive line. So I've been very proud of what those guys are doing. And it's showing statistically with us being able to run the football, uh, not giving up a lot of sacks and then receiving courts by committee. And then defense, it's, you know, they've had a couple of tough games, but overall they've gotten some turnovers. And, and again, um, they're doing a good job of being uh, versatile and, and, doing an even package, odd package. So overall, it's been just a, got a lot of, lot of work ahead of us, but it, it's also a lot of fun work ahead of us too. Coach, uh, you mentioned the freshman quarterback, Stone Earl, who makes the all-whack name team if, uh, if he doesn't make some other postseason awards here. Uh, as a freshman, he leads the whack in passing touchdowns with 13. You mentioned you have the junior behind him as well, but what have you seen from Stone that uh, is not only good for this year, but maybe for the next four years? You know, it's just his composure uh, for, for a young man. Um, obviously, he was raised by very good parents. Uh, his, his father um, had a pretty storied history in, in, the, in the game of football, and obviously I think that's helped him in his growth. The thing that I just appreciate about Stone, he never gets too high, he never gets too low, just his consistency every day. Uh, you know, and to be voted, I mean, you know, f- football, anybody that knows anything about football, to be voted as a captain, as a freshman, that's pretty remarkable. And, and that says a lot. And how we do voting, it's internally, it's by team. It's not just offense, defense. It's the entire team. So just leadership, uh, athletic. He's got great arm talent. He can throw from some different platforms and, you know, just continue to help him uh, through, through what we're trying to do, put good pieces around him. He's really good at giving us feedback on things that he doesn't understand or things that he doesn't particularly like that week. And, hey, we just don't, we don't run it. And, and so it's just real good communication. I think overall, just the consistency. 
Well, it always helps as a quarterback when you have some good receivers to throw to. Kobe Clark, who had an opportunity to meet at the WAC football preview uh, back in July, he leads the WAC in touchdown reception. So it always helps to have some of those veteran receivers maybe when you have a freshman quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Kobe's the, the catalyst over there. Um, I'm sure you know, but we're, we're getting those receivers, the balls in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, some, some intermediate games, some three-step, a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of screens, uh, reverses. So it, we're, we're trying to be really creative to get those guys because Kobe's doing some great things. Darius Lewis. Uh, I mean, it's just – it's a group by committee right now. And the other thing they're doing really well is they're blocking really good on the perimeter, which we're really proud of them for that. Coach, as I mentioned, your guys are three and two right now. Uh, this past week, you played Central Arkansas. Started off great, twenty-one to seven. Wind up falling forty-two to twenty-one. Have you been able to digest that, or is it one of those kind of things where you kind of move on to the next game? Oh no, I, no. We 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 spent. You know, we have a twenty-four hour rule, win or lose. But absolutely, that's the first thing I talked to him about after the game. Um, this might sound crazy. We had a group of guys that want to do so well, that care so much, that they were literally trying to do too much, especially on defense. You know, we've got a mantra, 111, do your job. And we don't feel like we were doing that on defense. Uh, we got into a frenzy with their tempo, didn't handle the, their tempo well, didn't ha handle their empty package well. Uh, you know, so those are things you've got to learn from. You've got to grow from it because, as you know, once you put something on film, you're going to see it again. And, you know, we'll probably see it again this week. So uh, we've got to be prepared for that. And then the flip side of it is offensively, you know, we turned the ball over three times. You can't do that. All three of them were on third downs. Uh, two of them were on third and shorts we, where we actually converted the, the third down and ended up coughing it up. So uh, I got a lot of respect for Central Arkansas. I think, Nathan, I think they do a great job. Their kids are tough. They're storied. They're bought in. You know, their backs were against the wall a little bit. We knew we were going to be in for a, a big fight from them. And, and, and unfortunately, we just didn't handle that second half well. This week, you're at Eastern Kentucky, so uh, first really long road trip for the Wildcats this year. Uh, the Colonels beat Tarleton last week, 20-3. to Have you been able to look at that game film? What do you see from EKU? Yeah, they're, they're a very good football program. I know in their short time there as a staff, uh, I think the thing that stands out to me, start on the defensive side of the football, um, athletic group, you know, they're basic, basing out of an odd front, put a lot of linebacker-type bodies on the field, run around. Uh, they've got nine interceptions on the year, three defensive touchdowns, and they've also forced seven fumbles. So to me, you know, they're doing a lot of good stuff on offense and special teams, but it really starts with their defense. Uh, one of the best red zone defenses in the country right now, very stingy in the red zone, and then go to the offensive side. Uh, you know, they're being very balanced. RPOs running the ball, and they've got a really good quarterback, man. If he, if he gets out the door on you, he's gone. Um, and then special teams, I just think they're very sound. So it's going to be a very tough game. We've got to play very clean. And, you know, again, that's a, it's a good opportunity for us, good measuring stick. Uh, it's a chance for us to go somewhere we've never been. And our, our guys are really excited about flying up there and playing them. And um, we're looking forward to the challenge. Well, Coach, I want to thank you for, for taking some time out again, hanging with us with our, our technical issues. And good luck this week at Eastern Kentucky. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at waxsports.com.